Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. Well, it is the last Sunday of 2023. Isn't that amazing? All right. How many of you had a wonderful Christmas? Wonderful Christmas. Exhausted. Still recovering a little bit. Right. Uh, I was telling Mark about three minutes ago, Ernie was the only one on this side of the of the. Uh, I didn't know what happened, Ernie. No one wanted to sit by you, but uh, yeah, you took a shower and everything cleaned up nicely. Well, we are glad that you are here to celebrate the last Sunday in 2023. How many of you? Yeah, just take a deep breath. All right, it's been a run. It's been a run. And I'm looking forward to the next two Sundays together as we uh, really uh, hear from the Lord in preparation for what he has for us as a church and even individually in our walk with him in the upcoming year. So I'm looking forward to that today. Uh, But before we do that, put a big smile on your face. Find some people around you and say, Happy New Year. Say, I'm glad you're here. Happy New Year. All right. We get to celebrate the last Sunday together. Why don't we stand together and let's worship together. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
church happy new year you may be comfortably seated we want to welcome everyone who's joining us in the well today all of our faithful viewers online live streaming many will watch us at a later date we come to the conclusion of 2023 there were challenges there were victories there were good times, there were somber times, and I'm here to promise you we'll have all of that in 2024 as well as we reflect today. Let's pray. Father, Father, we thank you for the constants of your presence in our world. As we believe in you, we follow you, we seek your perfection, we seek your holiness in our lives. You are confident and faithful to be with us in every step of the way. As we call out and ask for guidance, you provide. And Father, we are grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity to have a relationship with you, that you bridge the gap between darkness and your light. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Young children, what time is it? Kingdom, Kingdom kids, you may now orderly make your way to the back. Right on. Thank you all you volunteers out there. Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right. Well, it is the last Sunday and also happens to actually be the last calendar day of 2023. So, uh, you know, we just want to say thank you. Uh, it has been a year of a lot of challenges in a lot of different ways, and yet through it all, you have been faithful in your giving. And, uh, you know, we have blessed countless people uh, locally and even around the world, and, and the team is leaving soon to go bless others because of your generosity in Kenya. Uh, so we're just going to ask you, again, as we round out the year, just continue to pray. Seek the Lord, and the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Lots of different ways to give here at the well, and uh, we just want to say thank you. 2023, just want to say thank you for your incredible generosity and your faithfulness and giving that allows us to do this, not just Sundays, but again, bless many around the world uh, through, you, through your resources. So thank you very much. Um, as part of that, we want to say thank you to everyone who contributed to the gift bags that we uh, put together for the Continuing Care Center. There were 76 bags that were made. Yes. And uh, I was here with Betty, there's Scott, and... Uh, uh, they were so blessed, absolutely incredibly blessed by your generosity. I got the privilege to go with the Pastor Tyler and deliver them. And, uh, man, it means so much to the residents there. So thank you. Just thank you, thank you. You made a great difference, and you brought a lot of joy to a lot of residents at, at the Continuing Care Center. So thank you for that. And uh, also thank you for those who uh, donated uh, to Zeke and Layla a couple weeks ago. There was a QR code, and some of you, many of you, uh, got on that Amazon list, and packages were sent here and to our house and Shiloh's house and Jordan's house. 
yesterday, the team, there's six, including Ziba, six are leaving Tuesday to go to Kenya for a couple of weeks, and Zeke and Leyland, their kids are out there, and some other families at a, a missionary hospital. Uh, but they had a packing party here yesterday, and it was at nine duffel bags? Nine duffel bags. Uh, 50 pounds-ish are going to Kenya, again, because of your generosity. So thank you. That's going to make a huge impact, uh, not just helping the families there, but uh, their ministry in the hospital and to the locals. So thank you. Uh, You guys are just overwhelming with your generosity. Yes, and um, pray for the team, Mark and Matt and Maya and Jordan and Shiloh and Ziva heading out Tuesday. Um, You know, if you've you've ever traveled, those 15 to 20-hour flights can be a bit of a challenge. So I encourage you to pray for them and even their time there, that the Lord would use them. The Lord would use them to, to bless everyone that they come in contact with. So, so thank you. It just, it just your generosity was overwhelming as I saw all the duffel bags being, being stuffed yesterday. So that was great. If you would uh, stand, Mark, you want to pray us into worship? Uh, Lord, again, just thank you for 2023. Lord, we look forward with anticipation and hope to 2024, and we are so happy just to lift our voices and our hearts to love and praise you, Jesus. Amen. I searched the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise Treasures of faith Seas into highways, you're the 
So, Father, as we prepare to hear from your word, I pray you'd speak to us again as we round out another calendar year. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are God in control of everything. So, Father, prepare our hearts now to hear from you through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and do what only you can do in us individually and corporately. And all God's people said, amen. may be seated. Imagine Christmas is over. All the programs have been performed. All the pictures have been taken. The carolers are done singing. The holiday parties have come and gone. The presents are unwrapped. And the big dinners have all been eaten. The Christmas music is turned off. The family's headed back home. Someone from work is on the phone. The kids have a practice to get to. The house needs to be cleaned. The bills still need to be paid. Groceries are running low. The stock market is still down and up and down. The TV is still on. The news is still worrisome. Life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened. But it did happen. Look around. The church is full of family and friends and laughter. Because the baby is still the Savior. And the Savior is still the gift held out to a world still looking for joy, an earth still waiting for peace, and the peaceful still sing in wonder of the God who gave his son and the son who gave his life to 
add us to his family and one day welcome us home. Imagine Christmas is over. But remember that it really happened. And it changed everything. Oh, good morning. I really have watched that several years. It's one of those traditional ones I show on this particular Sunday. And, and I think it's very appropriate because we're very much wired, even in the church, for events. We're very eventy. And so we gear up for events, even Christmas, Easter, birthdays, anniversaries. We gear up for events. Nothing wrong with them in and of themselves. Um, but then once the event is over, we move on, right? We tuck it away, put the decorations away, you know, and, and until next year, until next year. And I really, I really appreciate that video because it, it reminds us that Christmas really happened, but also that Christmas still matters. It still matters. In fact, our relationship with Jesus is simply that. It's a relationship. It's not an event. And if we're not careful, sometimes in, in our walk with Jesus, even as believers, we can become eventy, even Sunday eventy, or Bible study eventy, or conference eventy. And in the midst of that, we forget that it's not about an event, it's about relationship. It's about relationship, right? They asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, what's the, most, what's the most important commandment? He said, we'll celebrate this event. No, right? He didn't, he didn't point to an event to celebrate as the most important commandment. What was the greatest commandment to what? Love. Love. So Christmas really happened. It really matters because we, as we round out 2023 and as we move into 2024, we're still called to love Jesus, and love one another. Amen? Right? And, and I really want to look at that because it really does matter. Your relationship with Christ really matters. And if you, we're going to take some time reflecting on 2023 a bit uh, today, and then next week we're going to really launch into a vision for the church and individually for 2024. But I want to start with this, a quote I shared with you Last Sunday, last year on this Sunday, I believe, and it says, life is C between B and D, where B is birth, D is death, and C is choices, right? I love that. Life is C between B and D. It kind of bookends, like January 1st to December 31st. It bookends. And so if you think about where you are today, at this very moment, in your relationship with Jesus, in your finances, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your career, in your physical health, mental health, spiritual health, you realize that between January 1st of this year and today, it's been a bunch of C's. Choices. Where you are today on the spectrum of every slice of your pie chart directly related to the choices you have made. Countless choices, countless choices. In fact, there's this phrase, if I can remember it correctly, automaticity. 
where about 40 to 50% of what we choose to do is all just automatic. We don't even think about it anymore, right? Brushing your teeth, how you, you know, how you tie your shoe. Some of you go right over left, some of you go left over right, right? You just do things automatically, but there's still choices. And where you are today, in 2023, moving into 2024, is a direct result of choices. And so we're going to reflect, but I'm hoping also that you'll take the time after we dismiss today and even this week to realize it's not just reflecting on our past choices, but to really embrace the fact that you can, moving into the new year, make good choices, godly choices, choices that 365 days when we do this again, you'll be going, can you believe it? I started that one day and I, you know, it was tough, but I hung in there and I chose every day to read, to get a Bible plan, for instance. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through the Bible in a year. We got reading plans on our website, right? That's a choice. That's just a choice. It's just one of many thousands and thousands of choices that we make. And we're going to look today at the, uh, the Apostle Paul in his relationship with the Lord and really choices he made, fundamental choices that caused him to move, keep moving forward in his knowledge and his relationship with Jesus. In fact, in Philippians 3.10, it says this. Paul is writing. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. This is the Apostle Paul. After all he's been through, he hasn't become complacent. He hasn't slid into spiritual cruise control. He says, you know what? I still have this passion and desire to know Jesus more. I still want to become more like Jesus. Right? That's inspiring to me. That, and it's a reminder that our sanctification, our walk with Jesus, being transformed day to day, because of the choices we make, it's lifelong. And yet, things happen, and life happens, and if we're not careful, the flesh happens, and that zeal and that passion can start to wane, can start to wane, right? And so you read this, and the apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. In Philippians 3.12, it says, not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. See the relational component? Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We're going to focus on you know, him pressing on. What does that mean? And then forgetting what lies behind. But it says in the beginning, it says, not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. I love his humility. He gets it. He's still in process. But he has a desire for greater transformation. And the question for us as we round out 2023 launching in, do you still have this desire to know Christ? Do you still have that passion? Do you want to know him? Do you want to know the resurrection power? Do you want to still walk in newness of life? Or has it just become more events and programs and box checklists? 
Do you still passionately want to know Jesus because of what he's done for you and the relationship you have with him, right? Warren Wiersbe says this, a, dis, a divine dissatisfaction is essential for spiritual progress. Now, I love that, but let me clarify it. This quote does not a finger pointing, you're not doing enough, I'm a loser, you never do enough. That is not what he's saying. What he is saying is, uh, skip, we'll just use pickleball, right? Passionate about pickleball, right? Successful at pickleball. Sometimes. But not always as good as when you started as you are now, right? And I'm guessing at some point you were dissatisfied with your pickleball performance. Every day, day, right? Right? Oh, I hit it into the net. Oh, I should have got that, right? That's what he's talking about. I remember when uh, Isaac and my son would go surfing a few years back when they learned how to surf, and I would just watch them try to get up and fall and try to get up and fall and go over the falls, right? And then they're like, oh, they're like laughing at each other, right? And Noah, I remember hearing stories about you getting thrashed on the rocks with Isaac, and you're like, oh, that was the best thing ever. You're like, what? But what, what is it? It's passion. It's zeal. And their quote-unquote mess-ups are all part of it. You embrace it, right? You embrace it. You're like, oh, man, I almost got up. I'm going to do it again, right? And yet somehow we've twisted the pursuit of holiness into some negative, oh, you're a loser. Why can't, why can't the pursuit of holiness be as enjoyable and as go-getter as pickleball or surfing, right? Why, why can't we just like go, oh, man. Man, almost had that wave, right, Noah? Almost had that wave, right? And then you have people cheering you. Oh, dude, I thought you had that. Yeah, me too, right? Or, right, oh, you know, great hit, great serve, right? Or like, oh, almost, right? This pursuit of knowing Jesus, this passion for holiness should be in that same vein. And yet we've twisted it into some condescending, condemning, life-sucking, draining thing. Where, right, shame and guilt, right? And it's like, these guys learning how to surf were the exact opposite. They went out there and cheering each other on. They were cheering each other on because they knew how hard it is, right? Some of your best cheerleaders, even in pickleball, are those who have gone through before you and appreciate how difficult it is. That's what the church is supposed to do. Those who are, those who are older and more mature appreciate how hard it is to become holy and godly and deal with issues, you should be the best cheerleaders for the youngers. It shouldn't be into the, come on, man, really? You loser? What are you thinking? What? No, we should be like, yeah, it's tough, huh? You almost had it. You almost had it. Do it again, right? We should be out on the pickleball courts or the waves together following Jesus, And if we wipe out, we cheer and we laugh and we get back on the board and we get back on the court and we serve it again. That's passion. That's this desire. That flips this just draining drudgery thing that the pursuit of holiness can become if you're not careful, right? And so when was the last time you kind of had that divine dissatisfaction in your pursuit of Jesus? Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, how many of us here have ever 
started with the best of intentions, a Bible reading plan, and didn't quite make it. My hand's up, too. Usually right around Leviticus, it comes to a screeching halt. Right, right, right. Thank you, Ernie. I appreciate that. You and me, right? All the stories are good, right? Then you start getting into the genealogies and the law, and you're like, holy cow. Woo! That's a toughie, right? And you start looking for another one. I'm going to read the New Testament this year. I'm going to just do Psalms and Proverbs this year and call it good, right? It's okay. We're all in this together. It should, the pursuit, for instance, of reading through the Bible in a year, it should be a joyful thing. Amen? It should be a good thing. It should not turn into the law and a taskmaster and something that just drains you. Where did that come from? Where, where, where did it flip? Well, it flipped because we like to keep score and we're our own worst critics. And, you know, once, once I don't know about you, but when, when I do the Bible reading plan, after about 10 empty boxes that I missed, I'm just like, what's the point? <laughs> Anyone? Come on, admit, once you miss a few days, thank you, Gigi, there's one other honest person here, right? You're like, man, I am so far behind, it's going to take me five hours just to catch up to today, right? But that should be okay, because you started, amen? You started. It's okay, wherever you're at, all I'm going to encourage you to do today and into the new year, start. Take a step. Take a step. Get, and, and here's the thing. When you step out in faith and something new or maybe something you haven't done in a while, suddenly life comes back. You're energized because you're challenged. It taps into how you're wired, right? You want to learn something new on the pickleball court. It's a little bit daunting, a little bit risky, right? Make my, but once you start learning the skill, you're re-energized, right? Uh, now you have purpose, I'm going there today because I want to work on this. Or if you're learning how to surf, today I want to just work on my up. I want to work on, you know, pop my pop-up. You have purpose. You have a reason to be there. Well, for some of us, if we're not careful, we've lost the passion to know Jesus and to pursue holiness. And your Christian faith is just box checking. You've lost the zeal. You've kind of just slid into, well, okay, let's just go. Let's just do this. And the Apostle Paul says, no, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on, right? And, and that word pressing on, it's pretty cool. It, the word picture is to try to catch a criminal. That word pressing on means like, I'm working so hard, you're not getting away from me. It's engaging. That word press on means to like be actively engaged, energetically pursuing something, right? Right? And so as we round out 2023 and move into 2024, are you energetically, passionately pursuing Christ? Right? Just, just reflection words. Right? And then in verse 12, we'll read verse 12 to 14 again. It says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So he's pressing on, right? Energetically moving towards wanting to know Jesus more. But he says something in verse 13. He says, 
Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining to forward to what lies ahead. And we're going to focus on that today, forgetting what lies behind. Because I think if we as a church and you individually and me individually, if we're going to move into 2024 with greater freedom and passion, you might need to leave some, some things behind. In Paul's word, you might need to forget what lies behind. Lehman Strauss says this, With many of us, that tendency to live in the past prevails. We either rest on some accomplishment as though we have arrived, or else we live in the sagging spirit of regret over past failures. Forget the past and press on with the determination that each new day will find you more like Christ. Never look back on your past in such a way that it impedes further progress. Retrospection can be very depressing. And so as we round out 2023, the question you're going to hear throughout the morning is, and the title of the sermon is, what do you need to forget? What do you need to let go of that might be impeding your passion and your spiritual progress into the new year? Right? There's a phrase some of you uh, might have heard before, you know, you don't drive a car looking in the rearview mirror. You don't look out the windshield. But a lot of us are shackled by the past. And my prayer for us this morning and for you as you leave here and celebrate New Year's and then launch into the first week of 2024, I'm asking and praying that you would sit quietly before the Lord, whether it's at home Go down and maybe watch the big waves, you know, crash or wherever you're going to be. Or take a walk. And let God speak to you about some things that you need to biblically forget. And we're going to look at that, right? Because there were some people in the Bible who were challenged in the same way with this forgetting. Not letting their past choices even impede their future walk with God and even ministry with God. Remember King David? And Bathsheba, remember that? King David, right, finds out that Bathsheba is married to Uriah, still sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. King David calls Uriah, her husband back, ultimately has him murdered, right? Remember that? And then Bathsheba gives birth, and King David thinks he got away with it until Nathan the prophet shows up and says, you are the man. And then what does King David do? He repents. He's forgiven, but there are still severe consequences because the child dies, right? And so even though you may, quote-unquote, forget something from 2023, understand you still might have consequences. There still might be consequences. There might be financial consequences. There might be relational consequences. There There still will be consequences. It doesn't have to impede you, though. You just have to accept the fact that what we call, you have to own it. Take responsibility for your life. Take responsibility for your choices. If there are consequences, just own it and work through it with the Lord. Right? But see, King David had to receive God's forgiveness. Imagine the weight of that and then dealing with the consequences. But what happened? King David still was king. And God still used him. And that's what I want to encourage you with through King David. 
Maybe you've made some choices. Maybe there is something in your life you need to confess, and there will be consequences. But God's not done with you. Amen? God's not done with you. He'll turn that. He'll use that. If you see it with the right heart and the right perspective, right? Remember Peter? I'll never deny you. Three crows later, Peter's wailing out in the hall somewhere. Did Jesus kick him to the curb? No. He restored him, right? Remember that? He restored him. Some of you made, made, might have made these bold resolutions and proclamations for what you were going to do for God this year, and uh, it didn't quite pan out. In fact, some of you might have drifted from God this year. Some of you might be drifted right now. You've chosen to watch this here, but you might spiritually be a, in a Peter mode, been a denial, been a distance. I don't really know him. Here's the good news. Come home. Jesus restored Peter to ministry. I mean, think about that. Peter denies Jesus, says, I'll never do it. They might. I won't. Completely falls on his face. It's written in the Bible for all of us. And yet, uh, there's 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God's grace and forgiveness for Peter. Despite that choice in that moment to deny Jesus, I want to encourage you. You might have made some poor spiritual choices in 2023, but God's not done with you. God's not done with you. Just like Peter could still be used. Because when we make those choices and God confronts us and he convicts us and we, we repent, you know what happens? We change. Out of that confession and repentance, we actually mature and grow up spiritually because we're more humbled, we're more dependent, and we receive God's grace. It's in your failure, in your absolute miserable failure of a horrific choice you made. When you discover God's grace in that moment at your darkest, deepest, when you're flat on your face, then you'll know God's grace. Amen? That's when you know God's grace. Now, the world will kick you. The world will say, I knew it. You're a loser. I knew it. You're good for nothing. I knew it. I knew it. God says, come here. You confess? Okay. You confess your sins? I am faithful and just to forgive you. You're still my child. You're still my son. You're still my daughter. Come here. Come here. I'm not done with you yet. You remember Paul? Before he became Paul, who was he? Saul. Remember Saul? What was Saul doing? Persecuting the church. Putting Christians in jail. Destroying lives, right? This was Saul. He meets Jesus, has this incredible encounter on the Damascus Road. Jesus calls him into ministry, he now, Saul, becomes Paul. And what did the early Christians who first encountered Saul, Paul, did they embrace him? They were scared to death. They were like, uh, wait, isn't this a... Uh... Hey, dude, 
what's he doing here? Isn't, isn't that Mark? I heard about Mark. Did you hear about Mark? Yeah, I heard about Mark. Mark, what's he doing at church? You know? Saul became Paul, and Paul had to choose not to let the opinions of man impede him. He had to say, what do he say? By the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen? Some of you, moving forward into 2024, you need to let go of what people are going to think about you. You need to let go of that. Because sometimes even in the church, it's, I don't know why this has happened, but someone gets lit for Jesus. Someone gets reignited for Jesus, and they want to read scripture, and they want to get involved. And other church people throw cold water on it. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you going there? Aren't you already busy? Like, instead of celebrating someone who is reignited for Jesus, even the church becomes like, oh, really? Okay, I guess. I guess. What? Where, where does that come from? I want to encourage you. If and before you put your head down today or in the next week you get excited for Jesus, don't even be concerned about what the church thinks about you. <laughs> Do not let the opinion of man shackle you in your relationship with Jesus. You go. You go. And you follow Jesus. And someone may scratch their head. And everybody like, what has gotten into, you know, everyone's like, who's he going to use? Who's he going to use? You know, what is God, what's gotten into you? Jesus. Amen. Come on. Come on. This pursuing Jesus as a church and as a church family individually, it's the greatest adventure on this planet. We are here to be for each other. And if someone wipes out on the face of the wave going down following Jesus, we hoot and we holler and we encourage them to get back on the board and paddle back out. Amen? Amen. If someone around here is struggling and whatever, they were in men's group and now they're not showing up and they show up all of a sudden, we celebrate that they're back. We go find them. We got to do this. Right? Because we all have our stuff. And we all have things that honestly we need to forget and leave behind. Not a person here or at home doesn't have a thing that you need to forget, biblically forget, right? So Paul has to forget his history, right? He's got to choose to forget where he was before he met Jesus. And then he also chooses in Philippians 3, check out what he says in verse 4 and 6. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Not only does he choose to... Let go of where he was before he knew Jesus. He also chooses to let go of all of his spiritual accolades, his resume, all the spiritual laurels that he can rest on. Some of us who have been following Jesus for years and we actually celebrate where you are today, you may need to let that go. Because if you're not careful, you slide into what I call spiritual cruise control. And you call it good. 
You just call it good. Paul says, you know what? All that, all that resume, what did he call it? Rubbish. In fact, some versions, what did he call it? Powerful word, dung. All of his good things, he said, nah, eh, I lay it all aside because I really want to know Jesus more. So for some of us, when we leave things behind, it might be some challenging things. Shoulda, woulda, couldas. How many have a list of shoulda, woulda, couldas from 2023, right? We all got shoulda, woulda, couldas, right? Hindsight's always 2020, right? But also some of us moving into 2023, we need to let go of some of the good stuff and be very careful about resting on our spiritual laurels, as I like to say, right? In fact, even as we move into 2024 as a church, we have been a church since 2010, we moved in here 2017, and we absolutely celebrate what God has done. Absolutely, right? We made it through COVID together, and there's a whole, like sometimes we say there's a whole new wave of people that are here, and even in the last quarter of this year, God has brought so many new families and people. We just are absolutely celebrating what God has done. But I'm telling you, moving into 2024, we're not going into cruise control at the well. We're not. We are pursuing Jesus passionately as a church. The elders, as we have been working through the budget, we have been seeking God's vision for his church because it's his church. And we're going to pursue it. And there's going to be some things that we bring out that maybe we've done before that, that just kind of cycling in seasons. There's going to be some things in 2024 that we try, quite honestly, and we're going to hit it out of the park. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a home run. Then there's going to be things we try as a church or individual ministries try in 2024, and you're going to, like, fall flat on your face. And you're going to wipe out. You're going to go over the falls. And you're going to go, like, what, were, what just happened? We thought. And, and you know what? It's all okay. Amen? Because we're moving. We're moving. If you're not careful, even as a church, you start to rest on your laurels, and now you live in run the organization, stay in the box, play it safe mode. And you know what? That just sucks the life out of everything. Because now we're just more concerned about the color of the carpet and who's sitting in my chair and who took my parking space rather than the lost in this community and around the world. We have got to individually and corporately as a church be passionate about following Jesus. So even as a church, we even have to let go of things. 13 years, a tremendous respect for the elders that God has raised up here, but we're just dudes, and we do our best. We do our best to try to discern God's will. And sometimes doing our best in our elder meetings, it means <laughs> it's not very pleasant. Because men are passionate about Jesus and they're passionate about this church and we try to discern God's will. Have we hit it out of the park every single time in 13 years? No way. But you know what's crazy? Even in Major League Baseball, if you're batting, if you bat 300, you're considered excellent. 300, 333 batting average, right? In the major leagues, you are like a stud. What does that mean? It means you get out seven out of ten times. Think about that. Major League Baseball player gets paid millions, and he, he gets on base a third of the time, and we're like, that dude is awesome. That dude is awesome. Right? 
But the church flips that, and instead of celebrating someone who gets it right three out of ten times in your walk, we're like, come on, only three out of ten? You see how it flipped? It's crazy. So in the new year, as a church, we have sought the Lord, and there's going to be some new things we're going to bring out. One of the things that just kind of whet your appetite, you know, we're thinking, we're going to, remember how many were here for the big Thanksgiving church-wide dinner thing that we did years ago, right? Now, there might be a different version of it, but we want to bring back things that are designed to cause us to interact as a church family, right? We're going to, we're going to be very proactive and engaging, and we're just going to seek the Lord. It's like a new season. I told the, I told the guys one of the things the Lord put on my heart for us in 2024, it's new wineskins. We're going. We're going. And we're going to stumble and bumble, and we're going to be successful, and then we're going to stub our toe, but in the end, it's going to be all good. Because by faith, uh, when we have this service in a year from now, I want to show a slideshow of everything God did in 2024. Because we weren't complacent and because we didn't sit on our spiritual laurels. Because we said, Lord, this is your church. It's always been your church. Let's go. We weathered COVID. We weathered transition. And quite honestly, we're inviting you. Let's go. Let's go into 2024 and let's do this. Let's be passionate about Jesus, right? Let's not even let our successes become hindrance or impediments to moving forward. Okay. So what, it means, what does it mean to forget biblically? What is Paul talking about? I love this from the Bible exposition commentary. It says this. Please keep in mind that in Bible terminology, to forget does not mean to fail to remember. Apart from senility, hypnosis, or a brain malfunction, no mature person can forget what has happened in the past. We may wish that we could erase certain bad memories, but we cannot. To forget in the Bible means, quote, no longer to be influenced by or affected by. Okay? So we're not talking about denial, avoidance, you know, burying your head in the sand. We're not talking about anything. What we're talking about is really choosing continually not to be bound by the past. You'll remember it, and you can't erase that memory, but you can choose not to be bound even in your church tradition, whatever it would be, not to be bound, okay? And, and I want to encourage you, that's, that's a weighty choice. And, you know, God has brought some men into my life, and this year has been really a time for me personally to have to process some of my pasts, things. And it's, it's, it's not easy. But part of that process is to actually be honest and acknowledge that that's still hindering me. That's still impeding me. That's still got me. And the first step for me, one of the first steps was to actually just be able to say it to somebody. Speak it. And God has incredible places in this valley where that has happened. Jim and Rob's of all places. <laughs> Jim and Rob's was there for lunch with someone, completely about something else. We're chatting, start talking about life, and suddenly God shows up, and it was time for me to say something that had been hindering me and impeding me. And at Jim and Rob's, I began to open up with a dear brother and share my story. 
And there's been a lot of healing for me. I just share this with you. There's been a lot of healing for me this calendar year. But it's been a choice I've had to make to stay there. Because when you... You don't realize that when you live in the past, you actually get comfortable there. There's a certain comfort of rehearsing things, right? That's what you know. It's just been there for so long. It's what you know. And to choose to engage it and then choose in the power of the Holy Spirit and through brothers and sisters in Christ to be free of it, quite frankly, it's very unnerving because you literally are walking into uncharted territory. And that is where faith comes in. And that's where you have to take several deep breaths and choose. It's just choice after choice after choice to stay the course and hang in there. You just got to stay the course, okay? So, you know, when the Bible says, when you come to Christ, God remembers your sin no more, okay? That doesn't mean he forgot your sin. It just means, like we're talking about here, he chooses not to use your sin against you, amen? Because you are now clothed in the righteousness of Christ, God does not remember your sin, which means he won't use it against you. You are completely forgiven, declared not guilty. That's the same concept of forgetting. It's a choice we make, like the Apostle Paul, forgetting what lies behind. I'm choosing not to be bound and shackled by the past. And so the question is, what do you need to forget? from this year, or maybe previous years. It says this, too many Christians are shackled by regrets of the past. They are trying to run the race by looking backward. No wonder they stumble and fall and get in the way of other Christians. Some Christian runners are being distracted by the successes of the past, not the failures. And this is just as bad. The things which are behind must be set aside, and the things which are before must take their place. So I just want to encourage you, take some time, reflect on 2023, reflect, journal if if journaling is your thing, maybe it is, but just understand we all have our shoulda, woulda, couldas from this past year, we all could have done better this year, right? For all of us, as we sit on December 31st, 2023, hindsight is 2020 for this year, amen? Right? How many of you are honest, now that you know how it played out and you're the last year, the last day of this year, how many of you may have made one different decision? <laughs> Just one little different decision now that you know how it played out, right? Hindsight is always 2020. You're always going to have shoulda, woulda, couldas. But here's God's grace you do the best you can with the knowledge you have. You seek counsel. You keep it in line with the word of God. You let the Holy Spirit lead you. And then what do you do? Pull the trigger and go. You got to go. There's the paralysis of overanalysis. Well, I could, and I could, and I could. And then someone else comes. Well, what about, oh gosh, now there's a fourth option. Do your due diligence, and in God's grace and freedom, Pick one. Pick one. If it's in line with God's word, and if you're submitted to the Holy Spirit, and if you desire to honor God, and if you're open to honest counsel, pick something. Go ahead. You know, there's a great book by John MacArthur called Found God's Will, and people get so caught up. Should I buy the red car or the blue car? Red car or blue car? 
I'm really praying. Does the Lord want me to have the red car or the blue card? Lord, red car. And you know what God's saying? Pick one. What do you want? Which one do you want? Because here's the premise of that book. If you are saved and you are sanctified and you are submitted to the word of God and you are submitted to the Holy Spirit and you are open to counsel, who is on the throne of your heart? God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you are right vertically, spiritually, God is on the throne of your heart. Pick one. Why does Mark want to build homes in Mexico? He's not a... Okay. Let me say it this right way. We all know Mark loves Jesus. He's a saint, walks on water, all that kind of stuff about Mark. Mark builds homes in Mexico, and I get really like, kind of like just raw here, because he wants to. Well, that's not very spiritual. Unless you, fit the, unless you ask the question, well, where does that want to come from? Who gave him the want to? You see what I'm saying? So we get, we get all weird about things. Like, right, why did you have an aviation ministry? Because you wanted to. Why did you become a pilot? Because you wanted to. Well, where did those desires come from? God. Do you, you get it now? We get so twisted and tied up, and we forget that if we're submitted to the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give you the want-tos, the desires, right? Gigi is out here. She's been out here faithfully for months, doing the leaves on Thursdays. We ain't paying her, and we're not twisting her arm. Gigi, I'm guessing you come out here faithfully on Thursdays because you want to. Thank you. She just wants to. We don't have to hyper-spiritualize it. You just want to. What Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? Love me. What does it say in Psalm 37? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the want-tos in your life. How many are you here today because you want to be? Where did that come from? Because if you didn't know the Lord, how many of you, those same people, how many of you didn't know the Lord, you wouldn't be here today? You had no desire. You had no desire to come to church on a Sunday. We got people from Ventura, Santa Paula, because they want to. I'm just saying, as we move forward, love Jesus, have the passion that, that Paul did, and watch out what happens when he gives you the want-tos. Why do you guys do that? Because we want to. Well, that's not very spiritual. Well, unless that want to comes from God, then it's as spiritual as it can be. Why are they going to Kenya? Because they want to. Right? I know it's kind of just hanging there. I mean, just this is the relational component. This is the relational component of your walk with Jesus. This is where it's unique to you, and it's personal to you, right? He's given you gifts and talents, incredible artists in this room, right? Incredible musicians, incredible pickleball players in this room, right? (laughs) That's you. Just be who God made you to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Let those God-given desires manifest themselves. Let loose. Like, keep God on the throne of your life. Be in the word. Be in the spirit. Be in prayer. And when he gives you a God-given desire, go do it. Just go do it. I mean, that's where the joy and enthusiasm come back in for 2024. And as a church, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Randy, you know, what's it? In December, he shows up and he says, hey, man, can you announce we're going to Bass Pro? Like two weeks beforehand. Now, in the world of church, you know, we need a month of advertising and we need slides and we need sign-up sheets. And Randy's like, uh, can you just announce that the men's, we're going to throw it together and we're going to meet here and we're going to go to Bass Pro, just hang out, you know? Eat pastrami, right? And you had like, what, 15, 20 people because he wanted to go to Bass Pro. And he pastrami. Well, I don't know if it's pastrami or Bass Pro, one of those two. But you see, that wasn't some hyper-spiritual, like, elder decision that needed to be thought through and planned out. Randy loves God. And Randy had a desire to facilitate relationships within the men and the families of the church because he likes Bass Pro. You don't have to apologize. My point is, that was, that was just, look, look what God did. And look who was blessed because of everyone who went. You just go sometimes. Now, in the going, sometimes you're going to find yourself that, man, something's, something's holding me back. What's holding me back? And it might be something that you got to let go of. Right? That you got to let go of. And so the question is for you and for me, what do you need to forget from this year? Not bury your head in the sand. And here's the thing. What do you, if, you've, if you realize that you've made some poor choices this year and even have dealing with consequences, I want to encourage you, learn the lesson that God is trying to teach you. Don't beat yourself up. You're going to feel bad. You're going to like, oh. How many of you have ever done something and you had that immediate, oh. Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. You knucklehead, again? Anyone ever have an again? Again? You even wrote it down, do not. And I did it, and it was written down. And am I alone in this, right? I want to encourage you. If you're in those moments, just quiet your heart and learn what God's trying to teach you about you. Don't blame. We get into, it's easy to start blaming and shift and blaming everything around us, oftentimes the poor decisions that we make repeatedly is God trying to show us something about us. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's me. It's something's going on in me. This pattern of repetitive poor decision-making is not because of the economy, is not because of the market, is not because, it's not because, it's I made that choice. God, what are you trying to tell me about me? What drives that? What is the motive? What is the fear? What is the greed? What is the lust? What is the thought pattern? Let God begin to speak to you. Learn the lesson. I learned a long time ago, you know, like regarding the market. You might make a decision, a financial decision, say, and you might lose money because of that financial decision, but I learned this great little uh, truism. It says, you might lose the money, but don't lose the lesson. Because the lesson oftentimes is more important than the money. 
Because the lesson is your character and your holiness and your godliness. We fixate on the loss of money. God says, it's not the money. Let the money go. I'm trying to teach you something about you so that you can be more like Jesus. And so this year, if you have regret and remorse and shoulda, woulda, couldas about some decisions you made this year, sit down and say, Lord, what were you trying to teach me? What are you trying to teach me now? And why maybe am I resistant? Because a lot of times we're resistant. We may make these repetitive, poor choices, and we become resistant. We're like, oh, because we're prideful. Because we think we know. And if only, if only, if only, and then I got this, I got this, I got this. And God wants to say, you don't got this. You don't. Look at your P&L. You don't got this. The numbers don't lie. You don't got this. And if you can humble yourself and say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What have you been trying to teach me all along? Okay, just stay there. Next week, we're going to talk about moving forward and, and things we can put in place practically, right? Straining forward, as he says. But today, I really just want to encourage you. Take the necessary time to ask the Lord, what do I need to leave behind? What do I need to leave behind? So I'm more free moving forward. I love this uh, passage by Debbie McDaniel. She says, breaking up with our past does not mean to ignore it. Removing sticky labels doesn't mean we pretend that the pain never happened. It is what it is. It's shaped who we are today. It just means we won't allow it to control us anymore. We can learn from our pasts. We can heal from the struggles. We can believe that God will somehow use it all for good to help another soul. But we don't have to stay stuck there. It does not need to determine our tomorrow. And so I am making the choice. I'm breaking up with my past. I will not allow it to rule my thoughts. I won't let it dictate my future. I will choose to let the power of Christ remove old labels. I will choose to move forward. I will choose to live free. That's my prayer for us as a church and for you, that you will choose freedom in Christ. Choose freedom. Remember, in Christ, you are a new creation. And we are called to walk in newness of life. It's brand new. It's an adventure. It's a journey. But it's also a what? Choice. Choice. I did a little uh, search of uh, New Year's traditions around the globe. And I found this one very interesting that's appropriate for us today. It says, perhaps the most hazardous of all the Italian New Year's traditions is this one, which involves throwing out old items from your windows. This tradition literally is out with the old. Practiced mainly in the south of the country, the custom is to throw out your old things, particularly pots, pans, clothes, and furniture, out of the window at midnight. This is to prepare the house for the new good fortune that the new year will hopefully bring. That is a dangerous tradition, yo. But I love it because we need to, some of us, Around midnight, I'm going to be driving around Ojai, and you're going to be throwing stuff out your windows tonight. Because you need to. Amen? I love that. I mean, how awesome is that? Like, launch 
The TV, like Isaac pointed out, that TV is so old. That's like one of them tube TVs. I'd get rid of that too. I need a flat screen 75 inch. That's like, dude, cost. Some of us need to chuck some stuff. Honestly, right? And it begins with remembering who you are in Christ. Right? I modified, last year I showed you, I modified that initial quote by Jean-Paul Sartre. It says, life is C cubed between B and D, is my version. Had to give my own little byline, kind of cool, right? Where C cubed is Christ, choices change. Between your birth and death, the most important choice you can make is Christ. That is it. If you don't know Christ as we round out 2023, the best thing, the number one thing you need to do is know Christ into 2024. And here's the crazy thing. When you know Christ, he radically changes your choices. And those radically new choices radically change you. Who, 365 days from now, wouldn't like to be radically changed? Well, it starts with Christ, letting him sit on the throne of your life one day at a time, make the choices that would honor him, and then watch him make the change. Amen? Lord, thank you. Thank you for our time this morning on this last Sunday in 2023. Thank you for the example of the Apostle Paul, who still had this passion and this zeal and this desire to know you. After all he had been through, he wanted to know you. He was still passionate about knowing you and the power of your resurrection. And I pray for us, those who have been in the church for a while, that perhaps our passion has waned for a little, whatever reason. That as we wrap up this year and move into a new year, that you would reignite us with a passion to know you, Jesus. And I pray that this church would be a place of celebration in the pursuit of that passion. Just like pickleball, just like surfing, that we would all be pursuing holiness and following Jesus and celebrating one another and helping one another and encouraging one another. And if we had to speak the truth, we would do that too. All out of love all out of a desire to honor and glorify you. And Father, you say through the Apostle Paul that uh, maybe there's some things we need to forget. We need to let go of. Things that this past year have been really honestly hindering our spiritual growth, impeding us. Father, we all have regrets. We all have shoulda, woulda, couldas, and Perhaps even some of us have made some very sinful choices and choices about the flesh and the self. And So, Father, we, on this last Sunday, I can't think of a better time right before communion to just confess it. Just come clean. You've seen every choice we've made this year. Nothing is hidden from your sight. And so, Father, we come to you and we ask for forgiveness. If you call it sin, we confess and we agree. It is sin because that's what you call it. We don't try to blame shift. We don't try to candy coat it or anything like that. We just admit it. We repent. We turn from it. And we ask for your forgiveness. And Father, thank you that just like King David was forgiven, just like Peter was forgiven and restored, in Christ we are forgiven. So Father... We receive that forgiveness now.
as your children. And it is our desire to honor you into 2024 with godly choices that result in spiritual change and transformation. And Father, I pray for those here or at home listening later that the first C they need to make as we round out this year is Christ. That they would put their faith in Christ. Believe that Jesus Christ was crucified, died, rose again. That he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That you would put your trust in Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord. End this year incredibly, incredibly by putting your faith in Jesus. Start the new year and your new journey with Christ. In a church family that loves you. So Father, thank you. Thank you. Do what only you can do through the preaching of your word and the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to uh, have a time of communion. And again, I can't think of a better Sunday to celebrate communion. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Great opportunity to take a time of reflection and remembrance of this past year. What has Jesus done for you? What did Jesus do for you this year? Celebrate it. Uh, if you're new, you, we, uh, come on up and you can get a cup. There's bread and juice. You open the bread and then you flip it over and take the juice. Um, but you can do that at your seats, at your own pace. We don't necessarily walk everyone through it. We let you have a time of prayer. Uh, we're going to sing a song. And, and the song is called Simplicity. And it's a great song because it brings us back to the simplicity of loving Jesus. Just love Jesus in this time of communion and let him love you. Okay, so uh, we're going to open up the, uh, the tables. You guys can come on up and we'll sing this song.
Next week, we're going to uh, focus on moving forward, share a little bit more about where we're heading as a church, and just really want to encourage you again, spend the time today and this week reflecting, reflecting on, on all the good that God has done too, right? All the praise reports and the people that you've gotten to know this year and, and just how God has been so faithful, amen, right? This year, it doesn't mean to be a heavy thing, and, and then in the, including, including in that, just ask the Lord, Lord, is there something I need to let go of? Is there something moving into the new year that I just need to choose day by day to no longer impede me, no longer hinder me? Because I just want to passionately follow Jesus in 2024, right? I just, I just want to walk in newness of life with brothers and sisters and a church family and just do this thing. Just do this thing, and a year from now, we'll look back and, you know, see what God's going to do. But I'm excited because God is good. And all the time. So 2024 is going to be a good year then, just because God is good. We're going to sing a song called All Glory Be to Christ. I don't know what you guys, how many of you uh, gave up long ago trying to stay up till midnight on New Year's, right? You're just going to call it good, right? You just call it good. Some of us watch TV, right? Right, two hands, right? But uh, we're going to sing a song called All Glory Be to Christ. You'll recognize the the tune, Uh, but we thought this would be a cool way for us as a church family to celebrate the New Year. So why don't we stand together and we'll sing this song. Yeah. 
Also encourage you, Randy is always, he's up here every Sunday after service. If you want prayer, if God has put on your heart something that you need to leave behind and forget for the 2023 and moving 24, Randy would love to pray with you. We'd have other people come up and pray with you just to transition and let things go. Amen? Amen. All right, God bless you. We'll see you in the new year.